Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Songbirds Radio Hour. I'm Zoe, and this is my band, The Vanguard. We've got another great show for you tonight. Jody Stevens from Big Star is here. We're going to do an interview segment with him, then he's going to play a few of his tunes up here with us. Y'all, I am so excited. After the music, we're going to open up the floor to you, the audience. You'll have a chance to ask Jody your burning questions. We will get Reed Caldwell up here in just a minute to introduce Jody. But first, me and the Vanguard have a song for you called Isn't She Lovely? Here's your host, the executive director of Songbirds Foundation, Reed Caldwell. Zoe, how was it uh, practicing this week with Jody? 
It was amazing. He's a really nice, humble guy. And, I mean, he's uh, literally a legend. So it was great. Definitely. All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, we got a lot in store for you tonight. As Zoe mentioned, we have a fantastic show lined up for you tonight. We've got Jody Stevens from Big Star. I know I'm excited about that. We'll bring him out in a bit. But before we get to all that, let's take a minute to talk about the legacy of Big Star. Big Star has been called an unlucky band. But it could have been worse. They could have been called Sweden Cream, a band name that Jody once jokingly suggested. <laughs> Big Star was formed in Memphis, Tennessee in the early 1970s by Alex Shilton, Chris Bell, Andy Hummel, and Jody Stevens. Their first record, entitled Number One Record, received high praise from Rolling Stone magazine who compared the album to Todd Rundgren's work, writing, even Rundgren hasn't made a whole album as impressive as this one. But no rave review can sell an album that no one can find. Big Star's distributor Columbia Records dropped the ball and the album languished. But the album had legs, and as the decades passed, it went on to change the face of music. You've probably heard that catchy statement that the Velvet Underground's first album only sold a thousand units, but everyone who bought it went out and started a band. This same platitude could be said about Big Star. Without their records and influence, we might not have bands like R.E.M., The Bangles, Wilco, Elliott Smith, The Replacements, Beck, and countless others. I was trying to think about where and when I first heard of Big Star. I was in a band in the mid-1990s and I remember riding to a gig in New Albany, Mississippi in my girlfriend's sexy 1988 Ford Tempo. She popped in a mixtape and outflowed the song 13. I remember leaning back in the cigarette-burned bucket seat as cotton fields and single-wide slid by and allowing that finger-picking and those heartfelt lyrics to take over. Those lyrics encapsulated my teenage life, a time of change, a time where, whether I'd like to admit it or not, I still had a bit of childhood innocence. But like the song, I was also wrestling with a rebellious fire and a need to stand on my own. The rattling of the decade-old tempo, struggling to keep a steady 55, added something mystic to those chorus-laden vocals and sweeping guitar lines. Needless to say, I was hooked. Well. I take that back. I would have been hooked if my girlfriend could have remembered the band's name or the song title or anything about the band or the song. She had misplaced the cassette sleeve or maybe whoever made her that mixtape just hadn't loved her quite enough to handwrite those liner notes on the sleeve. Either way, it was years before someone gave me the full number one record. And whenever I hear it, I can rewind to those days, days that were rife with possibility.
So how did you discover Big Star? Was it through the Bengals cover of September Girls or the replacement songs Alex Chilton? Maybe on a movie soundtrack or you got your first listen from that 70s show and its raucous theme song Cheap Tricks cover of In the Street. Possibly you heard one of the countless covers of 13 from artists like Wilco, Elliot Smith, or Garbage. The avenues leading to Big Star are absolutely endless. So it probably goes without saying that you're in a, for a special treat tonight. We are so excited to have Jody Stevens here with us. But before we get to that, let's hear another tune from Zoe and the Vanguard. Take it away, Zoe. Thank you. You're listening to Songbirds Radio Hour. It was a stormy night. You know the kind where the lightning strikes And I was hanging out with some of my artsy friends Ooh, 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 the night was gone The night went on Chilling, breaking out to the break of dawn Intense was burning, so I'm feeling right I see I peaks my friends like I peak my fruit Granny told me that when I was on you I don't go around trying to be what I'm not Don't waste my time trying to get what you got I work you pleasing me cause I can't please you That's why I do what I do My soul flies free like a willow tree Dewee, dewee, dewee And if you don't want to get down with me Don't want to pick for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down with me I don't want to pick for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down with me Don't want to pick for my apple tree and if you don't want to get down me, I just don't want to get down. I have a hole, and I take it everywhere I go. Cause I'm planting seeds, so I reach where I sow, you know. On and on and on and on, my side keeps moving like a rolling stone. I can't control the slow flowing in me, ooh -wee. See, I fix my friends like a pig with fruit. Granny told me that when I was on yeah, you. Walk around trying to be what I'm not Don't waste my time trying to get what you got I work you pleasing me cause I can't please you That's why I do what I do My soul flies free like a willow tree Dewee, dewee, dewee And if you don't want to get down with me Don't want to pay for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down with me You don't want to pay for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down with me Don't want to pay for my apple tree and if you don't wanna get down me, I just don't wanna get down. Oh my my, oh my my my, oh my my my, hey, oh my 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 Walk around trying to be what I'm not Don't waste my time trying to get what you got I work you pleasing me cause I can't please you That's why I do what I do My soul flies free like a willow tree Dewee, dewee, dewee And if you don't want to get down me Don't want to pick for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down me You don't want to pick for my apple tree And if you don't want to get down me Tree. And if you don't want to get down with me, you just don't want to get down. You just don't want to get down. No, no. No, no. 
You just don't wanna get down, 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 down, get down, 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 no, 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 no. You just don't wanna get down. You just don't wanna get down. You're listening to Songbirds Radio Hour. I'll give the Vanguard another round of applause. What a fantastic house band. So lucky to have these guys with us. They do such a fantastic job. They come in every week and they, they learn these songs. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a great, like, R&B and jazz band. It's really awesome to see them kind of, like, learn some of these punk tunes and really be able to just kind of rock it. It's awesome. So uh, we're going to get Jody up for an interview really quick. Um, and, uh, and then we'll move on to um, some songs and some tunes. So for the past 50 years, Big Star has inspired generation after generation of rockers and helped mold their identities and shape the face of music. After decades of struggle, numerous albums, and hundreds of shows, Big Star has grown from relative obscurity to a band whose massive talent has impacted millions of fans around the world. So please help me welcome to the stage the one and only... Jody Stevens. Yeah, right there. Jody, thanks for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here at Songbirds. Um, just let's just start. Yeah, people can give another round of applause. It'd be great. So let's just start out with kind of a basic question about why you think Big Star has endured for 50 years. Does that make you, how does that make you feel to be 50, 50 uh, years yeah, it's been around? You know, there's nothing like a good melody line and Alex and Chris were, were both great at coming up with those as well as Andy. I, uh, and then the guitar performances are, it's just performances where the songs and performances or engaging to me anyway. I was I was pretty excited as they sort of unveiled each one of those songs and we worked them up. Voices, I there's nothing more engaging than Chris singing um, In the Street or Feel or there's nothing more engaging than Alex singing Ballad of El Goodo or 13. And uh, I, you know, again, melodies and, and good engaging vocals, I, uh, that's, the stuff that uh, endures. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just such an amazing album. Um, I think most of, mo- I know most of people I know that's the album that they were exposed to first. And then I, I you know, you go down the, the, the other albums and they're just such a great, you know, trio of albums and you just got some really great yeah. stuff in there. It was the first album I was exposed to as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your performance at the rock writers convention that you put on by art at studios. Just tell us a little bit about the gig and how it was. And- sure. Well, I, I'll give a little run up to it. You know, after number one record, Chris quit the band. And uh, so we, we drifted apart for a bit. And John King approached Alex 
and uh, with the idea that uh, of playing this performance, because really at the time rock writers were were such were our, were our only audience, really um, to some extent, and uh, so we'd have this opportunity to play to people who who liked our music and and. And uh, we, you know, it was a potentially a good time, and it 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 worked uh, really well. So we we got back together and did that show, and then I think John sat down with Alex and said, you know, we should make a go of another record. And um, Alex was already working on some songs, and uh, we uh, got back together and and uh, the three of us and and recorded Radio City, and uh, and actually Alex already had three tracks recorded. Uh, with Richard Roseborough on drums, and those are What's Going On, She's a Mover, and uh, Maude Lang. And we tried to recreate those and that kind of vibe, and we didn't quite get there, so we just used those. So Richard, you know, also played on Chris Bell's records, and just profound uh, addition to things like I'm the Cosmos and What's Going On. And So, uh, yeah, Radio City and... Uh, there was kind of a, you know, with Chris gone, then we were a three-piece, and, and the, the roles kind of change um, in the way you, you know, play in a three-piece band. Um, we we got a li- had a little more studio experience under our belts, and I think we, we all got a little bit more sophisticated, uh, worldly, that is, Um and that changed the, the, the attitude of the record. Certainly, mm-hmm. you know, these records, certainly Radio City reflects Alex's attitude kind of brilliantly, as does Third. So, yeah, we got back to together and did uh, Radio City, and that was because of the Rock Writers right. uh, convention. Well, it turned out to be a fantastic album. I love that album. Um, we've talked a little bit about the kind of the big star bullpen of people. You've mentioned some people. Let's talk talk a little bit about Jim Dickinson and, and his role in kind of big star and how that kind of the overlap there. I uh, Alex brought in Jim to produce um, what became known as the uh, as Big Star's third, and uh, I you know I think to s- Jim brought a lot of attitude. And uh, that just this cool vibe um, instilled a lot of confidence for me. And it was great to have somebody independent to, to go to and, and for approval, really. Um, but to kind of sum it up, I think Alex approached Jim with the Kangaroo. And it was a vocal and guitar, acoustic guitar performance and said, produce this, Mr. Producer. And Jim created everything around it all the feedback guitars jim played drums on it that so it's really wacky um and so i it's it's he created that whole landscape and and uh really backdrop for that lead vocal and and acoustic guitar and and in doing so it's kind of cool because whatever he did didn't didn't affect the lead vocal or guitar performance so you could get pretty out there and still have this beautiful uh, guitar performance and beautiful vocal. So I don't know. Jim was an, an important part of that record. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing guy. He's got great, I mean, great producing credits. He's got great, I mean, he's played on a ton of albums. He's got great albums of his own, like uh, Dixie Fried and all kinds of great, fantastic albums that he's done. And 
He's got super talented kids. He's, I mean, he's just, you know, <laughs> guy's amazing. Talk a little bit more about the musical progression. You kind of mentioned him earlier about the kind of the progression from number one record to Radio City to, to third sister, sister lover, and just kind of talk about how each album kind of flowed into the other. Well, you know, the first album was Chris Bell, uh, and he was the leader. And I think, correct me, I, I tried, there was an interview with Alex, and he said, you know, that was pretty much Chris's band. And when Chris left the band, um, he just thought, you know, it wouldn't exist anymore. So we get back together, and then it becomes pretty much Alex-centric in the songs, but Andy had a tremendous presence in that. I think Andy uh, came up with a lot of the lyrics for Back of a Car um, and, and chipped on a lot of things, especially production. And Andy has this unique way of playing bass that, uh, you know, it's it's... To me, a record and a band, you can have a primary color in a painting, but how the, all those other colors in the painting support that support that color is how you perceive the whole painting. So it's it's far from anybody's one individual's record. You know, if if Andy hadn't been there, or you know, just say Big Star's third, if Jim Dickinson hadn't been there, and John Fry hadn't been there and I hadn't been there, and Carl Marsh hadn't been there, it'd be, it'd be a solo Alex record. Um, so, you know, you, the way most musicians do is you play off each other, and you reflect whatever color shade that they're projecting, not to get too abstract. Oh, you can get, you can get as abstract as you want. Yeah. So I, I think about, like, you know, songs like 13 and things, and just little bits of that song that different people added really kind of give it, what it you know no take i mean andy's not to mention the interplay between chris and alex and their acoustic guitars but andy's bass part just kind of rocks back and forth it's just simple one and three on occasion and it just i don't it makes that songs just sort of float along yeah i mean it's just it's kind of it's just absolutely amazing and if you if you're in a studio it's just watching that all kind of come together and then watching the song as it comes in the studio it's totally different as it goes out I mean, sometimes it works where it's just, this is the song, and when it goes out, it's the same way. But I think what you're talking about is how much that little inputs really influenced you guys, and you kind of went with that, and which is really great. Well, you know, John Fry, if we hadn't had John Fry as a mentor, you know, John Fry was our mentor for one thing, um, and allowed us all to develop in the studio as, as players. Um, so, but sonically, if it, you know, if, if we'd gone in with a different engineer, I don't know if anybody would have heard a big star because he made those records sparkle. He just, uh, sonically, nobody had ears like John Fry. Yeah, it's amazing. Just little things are important. Um, We've kind of gone down like the cast of characters in the big star movie. Let's talk a little bit about Ardent Studios. I mean, you're the, the vice president of production there now, but just talk a little bit about the history of that and how that Ardent really played a big part of the big star story. I, uh... Well, it was 1970, and uh, I was playing drums in the Memphis State production of Hair. I was still in high school, and and I'd known Andy Hummel from a few years prior, and he had, he invited me over to jam some, and then invited me to over to Ardent, where I met John Fry and Chris. And actually, the first time I walked into Ardent, Chris Bell and Steve Ray were in. They were working on a song called "All I See Is You," and Steve was 
singing and, and playing drums, but he was going off to school to SMU, and so they needed a drummer, and that's why they were bringing me on board. That was the nucleus that we all gathered around uh, to put that band together. And then, you know, Radio City, <clears throat> you know, there's John Fry at the helm again behind the board, and and uh, and third, um, it... Uh, you know, Jim Dickinson said he had a choice of mixing it with Alex or mixing it with John Fry, and he t- and he chose John Fry. And I don't know how it would it would have turned out with Alex, but I know that Jim Dickinson said once upon a time that John Fry would treat f- treat feedback as a musical performance just like he would treat a violin as a musical performance. And if we hadn't had somebody with that attitude. You would have heard you would have heard our third album in a completely different way, because there were there were parts in there that were just pretty bizarre, but they became musical in that setting that John Fry created. How, how do you compare? Like, I, there's several famous, you know, uh, Memphis labels. Uh, you, you know, you've got Stax and Son. How do you? How does it all? How do you? How does Arden fit in the picture there with those two two other players? Well. Every major Stax artist, except for Otis Redding, recorded at Ardent. Um, or had something to do. I think Ardent did the stereo mixes for Sam and Dave. But, you know, Isaac Hayes tracked Hot Buttered Soul there. And um, I don't know. You know, it, it just, it, all those things make up Memphis. And Memphis kind of made up us all. Um, early on, I I think we were all, you know, British invasion influenced, but by the time Stax hit, it's, uh, it kind of swept us all off our feet as well. And I know my brother Jimmy and I put a soul band together and we're doing Stax and high records and that sort of thing. Let's, uh, maybe talk a little bit about, uh, what it was like when number one record came out. What was the band's expectation of that album? What, what I mean, did you, were you thinking like, Oh, this is going to do something or what, what was the thought behind the, when well, that came out? Consider the name Big Star, and number one record wasn't a reference to our first album. It was a reference to a, a record chart, and that's kind of the expectations that Chris had. Yeah. Um, me, I was just thrilled and excited to be a part of uh, that whole process of making the records and being a part of these just incredible songs that. Andy and or Chris and Alex and, and Andy, the India songs are pretty remarkable. I was just excited to be a part of the process. And, uh, you know, Andy and I were still going to school kind of part-time because uh, we didn't... Yeah, yeah, being in a successful band is kind of a pie-in-the-sky sort of thing. What do you think it would have been like if Columbia had actually done their part and, you know, distributed that album like it, like it should have been distributed? I don't know, but what I do know is it all worked out pretty well. I'll, I'll uh, agree with that. I will totally. I, agree. I still get to play big star music. Andy Hummel had a wonderful life, uh, wife and kids, and Andy was all about you know getting a career started. And he he uh, he was an English lit major and graduated from what is now Rhodes, and then he went to mechanical engineering school and he got a job with General Dynamics. And, uh, you know, he got a finance degree, I think, and master's. And, but, I mean, Andy's life was wonderful. Alex's life, you know, when that 70s show picked up in the street and we titled it, 
um, he and Chris were, you know, that produced a pretty nice little income. And then it went into uh, syndication that produced a nicer income. Then people started like Heineken picked out um, I'm in love with a girl uh, for a commercial. And she just recently monoprix a French grocery store uh basically did a music video on 13. So, you know, Alex got to do what Alex wanted to do. Uh, Chris Bell died in a car crash in 78. So, um, I mean, his, his, this whole kind of appreciation of the band uh, came after. Uh, but I think his family, you know, his brothers and sisters have a lot of gratitude and, and uh, for, for all that. I don't know. And John Fry went on to, you know, do great things at Ardent. It all worked out well. So, you know, if if, if things had, had really, if we'd seen commercial success back then, you know, I could be dead from a drug overdose. I don't know. Well, um, we're about to wrap this up. I think we're about out of time, but I do have one final question. It's I think a lot of people that are here know that Songbirds are and our central goal for our, our the, the foundation is to provide as many free guitars as we can for kids. We we've partnered with Gibson and Epiphone Guitars, and we give out about a thousand free guitars across six or seven states every year. We got a really robust program, um, and maybe just talk a little bit about you know the power of music and why stuff like that's important. It, uh, the power of music's immense. I just think about everywhere you go, you hear the music in the background. And if that's, if that's not powerful, if grocery stores didn't think it was powerful to have music playing in the background or any kind of store you walk into, any kind of bar you walk into, that's powerful. Music can change people. It changed me. It can I think the big thing with kids, though, is is uh, it can give them, one, a sense of purpose. You put a guitar in their hand, and then they can see how they progress. And there's nothing more rewarding than putting a little effort in and seeing the results. And, and it's also, you know, as a kid or anybody really wants to have that sense of belonging. Uh, I know I did. And so I belong to a band instead of a gang. Um you know, I, 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 not that there was a gang in my neighborhood, but I, I got up to some mischief really before I got a band. And uh, so, yeah, that sense of belonging, that sense of, of empowerment when you put an instrument in someone's hands and they, they, they're engaged by it, uh, there's nothing like it. I totally agree. We're, we're so happy to be doing this and having this radio program that's kind of a part of that and help us talk about that and have people on to, to really talk about the power of music and why all this import is important. Um, and we're just really happy to be able to provide guitars for kids where they really have that hands-on experience that I really feel like is absolutely essential to, you know, a creative, you know, education. So that about wraps up our interview. Thanks so much. I'll give a round of applause for Jody Stevens. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. That about wraps up the interview. We're going to take uh, a, a short little break. Uh, during the break, we got a treat for you. Jody Stevens' latest project, Those Pretty Wrongs, has just released their first single of their upcoming LP called Holiday Camp. We're going to play uh, a video, I believe, uh, of their latest single called Paper Cup. So, 
Grab a beer, sit back, and enjoy the tune while we get the stage prep for the show. Thanks so much. You're listening to Songbirds Radio Hour. Best to 
We're so proud to welcome to the stage Jody Stevens with Zoe in the Vanguard. Where they send you, and it's easy to go. 
You're listening to Songbirds Radio Hour. Pretty nice place, this. <clears throat> Everywhere you look, guitars. I don't know, I'm feeling slighted. <laughs> And I'll 
Thanks so much for coming. Zoe, Tom, and JJ, thanks so much. And thank you to Jody. All right, y'all give that band another round of applause. My, my inner teenager is uh, doing backflips back right now, and I know he's always way too cool to do backflips, but that was just absolutely amazing. Thank y'all so much for doing that. We're just really excited to kind of open up the floor and let you ask your questions. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a microphone that's going to be floating around. Please wait, raise your hand if you have a question, and then wait till the microphone gets to you to ask that question. And then uh, I think we'll start the microphone around. So who has a question? There's one right there. Got a big star shirt on and everything. I came prepared. Yeah. Hey, Jody. Hey. I heard you name drop some British bands earlier. Um, if you could pinpoint, who was your uh, biggest drumming influence? You Ringo. <laughs> Makes sense. Easy. Yeah. Ringo was a pretty amazing drummer. I, uh, golly, this is name dropping, but Klaus Foreman did some work at Ardent. And on his sideman's journey, if you haven't heard that or seen his his uh, documentary video, video, it's pretty cool. Sweetheart of a guy, but uh, I was talking to him about Ringo, and he said, um, he said, you know, it's Ringo's underestimated. And I said, well, not to any drummer in the world, I, because uh, he, it's the spirit you lend to the song, and I mean, he had some chops anyway. The Beatles were. You know, the Beatles were playing six one-hour sets a night, and uh, actually Ringo wasn't in the band, then. he was in Roy Storm, and the Beatles would trade, trade off sets with Roy and Storm and the Hurricanes. And so they'd do an hour, Roy Storm would do an hour, and they did six hours each. 
So their days were like 12 hours long. But um, I, uh, it, Ringo, yeah, definitely Ringo. You know, uh, Al Jackson um, from um, Booker T and the MGs, and a lot of other stuff. Um, lot, he did a lot of recording for High Records, too. I, uh, B.J. Wilson, Procol Harum, Charlie Watts, certainly. Uh, John Bonham, definitely. Um, got to see Led Zeppelin in 1970 at the Memphis uh, Coliseum. We had 17th row seats, and and I think we had those seats because Terry Manning had mixed uh, Led Zeppelin three at Ardent. So uh, I didn't get to go backstage, but man, I got to tell you, John Bonham would count that stuff off and just launch, and everybody would just hold on. Who else has got a question? If you got a big star shirt on, I feel like you have to ask a question. And I see at least three out there. So who's got the next question? Memphis has had a lot of uh, challenging times. How much of that was reflected in the music, you think? You know, the anxiety that took place in the late 60s. and Yeah, it's, you know, things like that kind of sneak into your psyche or your subconscious. It's got to have some sort of impact on it that's for sure the, the sort of whole uncertainty of uh you know even you know, like the bay of pigs and then and then the racial riots and uh dr king's assassination and it um it's all that's pretty unsettling and and uh certainly doesn't establish a sense of security about yourself in your life it had to have an impact in, in some form or fashion I, you know, I don't know. Ballad of El Goodo, ain't no one going to turn me around. That's uh, certainly what Dr. Martin Luther King was about. Hey, Jody. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I just had a question about, I read some, you got some tour dates in Athens and uh, Memphis coming up. Is that, is that Athens? We do. Athens, Georgia, uh, November 30, Memphis, December 3, Jersey City, December 4, Philly, December 6, Washington, D.C., December 7, and then Chapel Hill on the 8th. And that's going to be a five-piece kind of rock band. Yeah, I saw that. I was super excited. That, that, oh, thank you. Awesome yeah, yeah, me too. That's going to be fun. We just did a date uh, it was uh, for a fundraiser for autism, the Wild Honey Foundation. And we it was kind of like if you've seen the Big Star Third performance video that was at, uh, live at the Alex Theater, it's kind of like one of those. We had a kind of a pretty big cast but this is just going to be a little five piece rock band that'll be fun featuring number one record certainly cool I'll be there yeah cool thanks other questions I know I I think I saw somebody over here I'm just going to point at someone randomly there's a question right here he doesn't have a big star shirt on though so I'm not certain sorry (laughs) but he has it in his heart (laughs) he has it in his heart that's great Uh, forgive me for asking you to encapsulate a 50-year career, but what would you say is your finest performance that's been captured, whether in the studio or live? Is there one you hear even today where you think, wow, I was really firing on all cylinders when we put this one down? God, I don't... I, I, Ballad of El Goodo, it, it, uh, I can even... I can remember Alex and Chris introducing that song and 
figuring out the part for that. That was pretty exciting because I'd been in a cover, just cover bands before that. And all of a sudden, you know, we're working on original material and having to create the drum part myself. But it was, you know, it developed over a period of time, but but the uh, but this, uh, the whole vibe of it was there almost immediately because, you know, when you have Alex Chilton and Chris Bell writing these amazing songs and playing and playing these incredible guitar parts it's you can it's easy to be inspired um that i don't know i I, we played life is white off radio city um with uh michael and brian from the lemon twigs and uh that was a lot of fun and that's kind of one of the i don't know could be one of my favorites certainly off radio city just because i'd gotten a, a new drum kit and change sticks and had kind of progressed a little bit and uh then alex brings this song and it was just and i was trying to do more work of interacting with my bass drum and snare and toms and stuff and that was kind of a result of that so it was just something that worked for me i don't um i'll step in and say that that's a humble answer. All their al- all their albums and all the songs are are absolutely badass. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll I'll ramp it up there a bit because what a what a mark they you guys left on music. I mean, just it's amazing. You still got great stuff ahead of you. Who else? We got what time for one more question? Uh, it's a quick two part. First, how did Golden Fog come to Golden Smog? I'm sorry, come together for you and then secondly at age 70 how the hell do you look this good <laughs> I uh, I don't know I'm a, it's it's some of it's genetic some of it I take care of myself and my body I uh, I mean the hair color is is just that's genetic and well yeah that too <laughs> and I don't know diet I, I I play drums every day. Uh, I lift weights every day, just light ones. Um, I really wanted a hamburger before the show, but I had a kale salad <laughs> with chicken. I it's the most responsible I, order from Urban Stack ever. Kale yeah, salad. Yeah, I, I I'm married to a wonderful uh, woman, Diana. Um, that has a lot to do. I've never, I love my job at Ardent. Um, you know, there were some interesting times uh, when artists acted up. But um, yeah, I just, and I get to do things like this. Anytime you can keep a smile on your face, you're going to be a healthier person, I think. We all give a big round of applause for Jody Stevens. Thank you. Thanks for coming. As we close out this fantastic night, I want to remind you, as always, about the power of music. Music has the ability to shape our lives and change the way we think. This month, be adventurous. Buy a new album. Find a new band. Go see a show. Or just roll your windows down and blast your favorite song. And while you're doing those things, remember the musical moments that shaped your life. 
And keep in mind that none of those moments would have been possible without bands like Big Star. Bands that stand by their music no matter what the obstacles. No matter how many people tell them no or how windy the road, they are steadfast and they are responsible for creating those magical moments that helped us through adolescence or to deal with a tragedy or allowed us to think outside the box or gave us the ability to understand others or more importantly, the ability to understand ourselves. So here's to Big Star and all the bands that helped bring us those special musical moments. As we wind down the evening, I would like to introduce Lydia Reynolds. Hi. Lydia is in our Guitars for Kids program at Red Bank Middle School. And she's gonna take us home tonight. She's gonna read the credits. So y'all give a big welcome for Lydia. Songbirds Radio Hour is made possible through a grant from the Riverview Foundation. We are produced we are produced and written by Reed Caldwell and Charlie Moss. Live recording by James Snyder. Our show art is by Martin Mars Michael and our set was created with the help from Alice Heinson. We are directed, edited, and mixed by John Dooley. Additional thanks to Adam Gain, Ray Bassett, Victoria Sauer, and WUTC. I'm gonna lose my job. Oh no, she's gonna take my job for sure. Just give her another month and she'll take over. Anyway, thank y'all so much for coming to the Songbirds Radio Hour. We've got a lot more of these coming up. We're gonna do about 20 of these next year, but we also have one tomorrow night with the Slants who are a great, just awesome band. I hope you'll come out, it's at seven o'clock. And that's our show for tonight. So thank you so much for coming. Let's give another round of applause for Zoe and the Vanguard. And let's give an applause for all these great production people, all the writers and everyone else. And most of all, let's give a round of applause for Jody Stevens. Good night, everyone. <laughs>